0: Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. You can open to Isaiah 52. Been reading in these last two or three weeks from Isaiah, looking at the prophecies that uh, God put in the Bible. That's what happened. He actually put those in the Bible for us to read and for us to connect the dots to what actually took place. But we've been reading a lot from Isaiah, but also corresponding scriptures in the New Testament. So you can open to Luke chapter 2 as well. So in other words, take your Bible out, open to Isaiah 52, put a marker there, then open to Luke 2, put a marker there, and then get ready. (laughs) Isaiah 52 verse 7 says this, How beautiful upon the mountains... Are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. That's what we did this morning. We sang for joy. For eye to eye, they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted His people, He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared His holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. What a wonderful passage of Scripture. If you're taking notes this morning, I want to preach a message that's titled, There is Peace Coming. There is peace coming. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank You, Father, for the power of Your Word. Father, we just thank you that your word, it speaks to us. It brings life to us. It helps us. And we, when we apply it to our lives, God, we change. Father, thank you that even this morning we can be washed by your word. Father, we pray for that. We believe for it. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this service. You're welcome in this place. And God, we just pray for all the kids in Colonial Kids right now. God, we, you love every single one of them. Thank you that you're even building their little spirits and their little lives even now. Father, at this age, Lord, we thank you for that. And all that you're doing on this Christmas, in Jesus' name, in a faith-filled colonial church, said together, Amen. Amen. Well, the Advent journey is concluding. It's over. We've arrived at Christmas. We're celebrating Christmas. But I love the journey of Advent because it's a preparation season. And that's what happened in, in those moments, in those days, before Jesus was born, those seasons, those months, those years if you look at if you study Isaiah it was hundreds of years but this preparation towards christmas that's so beautiful and when we finished our series on the holy spirit i had three weekends to preach up to christmas and i believe god gave me three words three prophetic words that are prophetic blessings that were representative of jesus coming and what actually took place and what was deposited into god's people when he came the three words a salvation, so I preached a message last uh, two weeks ago called There's Change Coming. Believe it for your life, there's change coming. But what I'm really saying or what God is saying is at this time when Jesus came, there was a big change coming. There was a big, big change coming. A big spiritual change. And that's what salvation is. It's change. It's change from death to life. It's change from the old to the new. It's the change from what was to something better. Much, much better. So there's a change coming. So that was the first word was salvation. The second was joy. So I preached a message called, there's joy coming. There's joy coming for your life. And God wants to deposit joy into your life through Jesus. And then the last word is peace. Peace is coming. Peace is coming into your life. You know when God gives you a word, or when you feel that sense from the Holy Spirit that God's speaking to you a word, word, that He'll always confirm it in the Bible. If you read the Word of God, after you feel like God has given you a Word, He'll confirm it in His Word. Does that make sense? So it happened to me even this week, these three words. I read Romans 14. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Paul said this to the church in Rome, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy. That's what I read this week. And I sat there, I was just amazed that God will confirm what He's saying to you, but There are those words, righteousness, salvation, redemption. You could interchange that. Then peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. But even Isaiah 52, which we just read, look at those three words again. They're in there. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, joy, and publishes salvation. There's the three words. And that's what God has done through His Son. He's given us those three things. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. Stop and give gifts and have an amazing time with our family. Maybe sometimes have a challenging time with our family. I don't know. But what we're truly celebrating is those three things. God has given us salvation. He's given us peace. And He's given us joy. And so those are the three things that were deposited into earth that landed on earth that day. But peace is a prophetic word because Jesus was a peace bringer. He was a peacemaker and he was a peace bringer. He literally is peace. Isaiah 9. Look at it with me. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what? Prince of Peace. He's peace. Peace. His life signified, symbolized, was representative. Everything about Jesus was peace. He was peaceful. Let me show you a few scriptures. Isaiah 53, verse 7. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He remained silent. He remained peaceful. He wasn't violent. He wasn't reactionary. He didn't get all defensive and hit people and no, it says he remained silent. He was peaceful in his life. First Peter chapter 2 in the New Living Translation, verse 23 says he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who judges fairly. He literally was peace. He was peace. He displayed it, he modeled it, he was it. But even in the lead up to Jesus' life as an adult. It was prophesied over him that he would be a peacemaker. It's in Luke chapter 2. It was when Mary had an interaction with Simeon in the temple. So we pick it up in verse 25. And it says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And when you study that word, it means comfort and peace. He was waiting for the peace of Israel. And it says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Remember, at that point, the Holy Spirit had not come fully. The Holy Spirit entered in and out as God pleased. The Holy Spirit was upon Simeon, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he'd seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do... For him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. And he said, can I just stop there for a moment? It is amazing in this passage of Scripture that both Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit to the temple at the very same time as Mary and Joseph were led by the Spirit to the temple. Absolutely incredible. You need direction for your life? Let the Holy Spirit direct you because he will get you to where you need to go at the exact time that he needs you to be there. And he said, "Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And then the, the moment shifts, and Simeon starts to deliver a prophetic word. He says, "In the glory of your people, Israel." And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things that were spoken over him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, "Behold." That word behold means get ready. Like, wow, this is amazing. Get ready. Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. And then in parentheses, it says, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Just need to stop there and just point something out. So what he does is he stops and he prophesies over Jesus. And he tells Mary, and there's these moments in Scripture where when it comes to Mary and her journey, there are these moments where it's almost like the gravity of what she's doing with her life and who she's caring for rests on her in a heavy way. And this is one of those moments. And Simeon stops, and that's why it's in parentheses. And It's almost like he stops and he looks at her. And he says, yes, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. But what ultimately is Simeon saying, he's saying he's going to be a deliverer of peace. And even in the midst of your distress, even in the midst of your struggle of how overwhelming it's going to be for you, you will have peace too. He is peace and is a promise of peace to all mankind. God doesn't do things by accident. Just FYI. He doesn't do things by accident. He's the God of order. He's the God of creation. He's the giver of the Old Testament law, the systematic law which, which God's people would live under. He was the author of grace. And it goes on, but he's also the God of peace. He is the God of peace. He created it. It's his idea. It comes from him. We can't manufacture it from somewhere else. You can't buy it on Amazon, even with Prime. But it's his, and it's his to distribute. It's his to give. That word shalom. Shalom. You may have heard it before, but it's a Hebrew word, shalom. But it's a beautiful word to study because Hebrew words, they have root, root meanings in them. And you can look at other words that point back to the same word and describe it and show it to you. But look at some of the words. It means peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. I like the sound of that. Everyone wants tranquility, don't they? But He is the God of Shalom, of peace. And He is that for you as well. Can mean tranquility between man and God, but also between two nations. Remember, God's people always warring, always always trying to possess, always trying to fight back, always trying to um, get peace. And God is peace. But Jesus was righteousness, joy and peace in one package. And Jesus was sent to the world to set things right permanently. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful for that this morning. Merry Christmas. The greatest package gift you could get is Jesus. He set things right permanently. I like to use this saying when it comes to peace. No Jesus, no peace. Have Jesus, have peace. No Jesus, no peace. I wonder if there's a sense or a lacking of peace in your life. I wonder how close you are to Jesus. Because the closer you get to Jesus, the more at peace you feel. When you have Jesus, you have peace. So a few thoughts about peace this morning. Is that okay? Can I do my usual three points or are we getting a little over that now? Because I'm not going to change. So we're going to do something about it. Point number one. And it mirrors point number one from last week. Peace is a gift from God. Peace is a gift from God. Peace was something that God's people so desperately wanted. Peace was something that God would grant people in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 6 Verse 24, reading from the New King James Version, says the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up His countenance upon you, look at it, and give you peace. Peace is a gift. Peace is something that God gives us. He wants to give it to us. God would grant people peace under the old covenant, under the old way, which thankfully we don't live under anymore. Because of Jesus, we, we have a totally different covenant, a better covenant, better conditions, most amazing Holy Spirit in our lives. But in the Old Testament, God would grant people peace, peace from their enemies, peace from their struggle. He would give it out as he saw fit. But at many times, there would be a shortfall because of disobedience. There would be something that, that wasn't done, that would, that would um, just be, diso- they would disobey, disobey God and not have peace. But through Jesus, peace is actually a gift. In John 14, verse 27, <laughs> says it about as plainly as you can find it. I am leaving you with a gift. This is Jesus. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Yeah. Woo. I love that because it's like, I'm going to give you peace on the inside and I'm going to give you peace on the outside as well. I'll give you peace every which way. And he goes on, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Peace is a promised gift from God. How often in life do we find the world trying to sell us peace? How often in life do we find something the world has come up with, some product or service or lifestyle or thing that you'll have peace with this? This will make things easier for you. Things will be so much easier, but there's no better place to look for peace than from God, amen? Listen to the way Simeon's words are translated in the message. So Simeon took him into his arms and blessed God. I just have to stop there for a moment. He took God into his arms. What? He took God into his arms and he blessed God. He said, God, you can now release your, perv- uh, your servant Release me in peace as you promised. There can be a peace release in your own life. Coming from a relationship with Jesus, you can be a peace releaser to other people. It's possible. In Matthew 10, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's trying to explain them how to minister. He's, I mean, talk about a ministry internship. These guys had the best But in verse 11 of Matthew 10, he's talking about going into villages. said, whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. What is he saying? He's saying you can administer your peace. You can actually minister your peace. You can be a peace releaser into the world around you. And I just love that picture that we can be the type of Christians. Come on, church, you're hearing me this morning. We can be the type of Christians because we have Jesus on the inside, that as we walk around on the outside, we can be the type of people that minister and release peace to other people. It can truly be the type of thing where you go into a situation because it's you and because you have the gift of peace that's been deposited to you because you have Jesus, that you can be in a situation where there is a struggle. Maybe there's a mindset or there's a a, a broken relationship. People are at odds with each other and they can't get past this thing. But because you're there, that peace is released into the atmosphere and things will change. That's something to get excited about this morning. Peace is a gift for us to administer to the world around and about us. Who in your world could do with a bit of peace? Who in your world needs you to actually be in that situation to be the person that releases the peace? to be the person that administers the peace. I know there's been situations in my own life where it's just been turmoil. But all it needed was a little bit of peace to get to the next thing. So peace, number one, is a gift. And number two, peace is unexplainable. It's just plain hard to understand. And it's hard to explain to another person how incredible it is when peace is apparent in a situation, a crisis, or a season. It's absolutely hard to explain. But when God's peace is at work, listen to me, friends, it's undeniable. So it's unexplainable, but it's undeniable. It's there. I know it's there. It's working in my life. I carry it with me. It's changing me. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I have it. And it's undeniable. It's unexplainable. Here I am with peace. Peace is unexplainable. You may not be able to explain it to someone, but you simply can't deny it to them. You have the peace and you have the peace of God that draws comfort for you. You're able to talk to people. You're able to have conversation with people. And that's a different conversation because you have peace. Philippians 4, a lot of people read this passage of Scripture and I'm glad they do. It's about anxiety and worry. But look at what it says. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Look at these words. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, His peace, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Before you know it. That's the thing about peace. When we have it, We don't have to strive to kind of get it out. We're going to like, I'm going to get in a good position, good mindset, you know, maybe a little bit of like, I don't know, you know, center myself so I can get the peace out. No, it's the opposite. We just have to be there, a sense of God working in my life before I know it. He's going to be distributing it through me, a sense of God working in your life. A sense of his working everything together for good. A sense of his peace, which is Jesus displacing worry in my life. How many people, they live their whole lives worried, lacking peace. This is, there is a sense to God's peace that just doesn't make sense. And I don't know about you, but once you obtain it, once it actually is yours, that part of it doesn't really bother you anymore because you have peace. Yeah, you may not be able to explain it, but it doesn't really bother you because you have it. Can I just encourage you, friends, don't be afraid to share that with other people. People are going to ask you, man, why are you so relaxed about this situation? This is bad. Why are you so... And this this opportunity that we get, say, I don't understand, man. I don't exactly get it, but I know this, God's in it, and I have peace, and it's beautiful. Amen? So what does God's peace do? Well, I believe it settles us. Like Scripture says in Philippians 4, it settles us, it comforts us, settles us down. Thank God for God's peace in moments of anguish. And life is still life, things still happen, but thank God for his peace. It can be the very thing that helps you remain calm. Something else that peace does, it helps us live in harmony with others. I love that peace can direct us in life. Let me explain. If you're in a situation and you feel like there's a lacking of peace, feel like there's a situation that you need to make a decision about, something serious happening, and you feel like you don't have any peace about it. Has anyone been there before? You just feel like, I've got no peace about this. I don't understand, but I don't have a peace about it. I don't feel comfortable about this. I, I, there's a lacking of peace. There's no peace about this. I'm sure people have heard themselves say that before. I've got no peace about this. Peace can direct you in life. Peace can be the thing when you get to that place, you're going to go this way, but you decide not to go this way because you don't have peace. But over here, you do have peace. Peace can direct us. Peace can help us move in the right direction and to the destination that God has for us. So I love that peace can settle us. It can direct us. But you know what? It can just give us a greater perspective, a greater perspective in our lives. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. I love that, uh, you know, I don't sail as much during the really freezing cold days like today, by the way. The one day of a year where we have cold temperatures. Can I say, I love Florida winter. It's just the best. Because it's not really winter, but it is kind of winter. We just get to pretend. Um, (laughs) We lived in New York for a couple of years and... All I can say is, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I love talking about myself. I love sailing. It's a passion of mine. And the, the funny thing about the, sailbo- the, the sailboat shape is it's shaped like an egg. So the front of the, sh- the sailboat is, is pointy, and it points into the water and glides through the water. But the back of the sailboat is like a square. So there's only really one way you can move the sailboat. And there's this thing that happens. It's this beautiful moment when you take people out for the very first time. and They've never experienced that. That gust of wind coming on sails when the sails are up and you're moving through the water and there's a gust or something like that, and the boat begins to tip over. Has anyone experienced that for themselves? It's this weird G-force thing that happens, and it's sort of the the, the, the top of the mast begins, and you feel, especially if there's a bit of wind, you feel like you're just gonna capsize. You're gonna end up in the Matanzas River, you're gonna need a life vest, you're calling 911 or whoever you call in that situation. I remember I took my wife out one time and she freaked out. It was awesome. (laughs) But we got past it. But what happens when 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 you're going that way and that begins to happen with the boat, there's that initial reaction which is, oh, man, this is not good. This is not good. This feels crazy. I feel like something's about to go down. We need to hit the panic button. But if you've been sailing for any amount of time, you remember the keel. And the keel, for those that don't know, as the boat begins to heel over, the keel is this huge thing that sits down in the water. Sometimes with some boats, it's even bigger than what's above the water and it counterbalances the weight of the boat. So there's absolutely no way, unless you get hit by a rogue wave in a hurricane or something, there's no way that the, boat, the boat's going to go in the water. It literally can't. So as you're sailing in the, in the weather, it'll just turn up into the wind and stop. But that's the same when it comes to our own spiritual lives and peace. We could be going through the craziest weather. We could be going through the most amount of turmoil, the biggest challenge, the biggest struggle. But we have this thing called peace. And this thing called peace keeps us steady. Keeps it, it settles us down. It keeps us calm when the weather comes in. It keeps us calm when the struggle comes. Peace is a gift from God, but it's meant to keep you steady in life. That's why you can be going through the craziest things, and you've heard testimonies before. People say, Yeah, I know it was it was absolutely insane what was happening on the outside, but I had a peace on the inside. And so I was able to move through it. Thank God for peace. So peace is a gift. Peace is unexplainable but undeniable. And finally, peace is possible. Peace is possible. And I want to speak that into your life today. You might be going through something. You might be, yeah, I've been a Christian for many years, but man, there's a lot going on in my life. Peace is possible for you. Peace is something that can be a reality for you. It can be the type of thing that it actually resides in your life. It's there to stay. Colossians 3 and verse 14 says this, And above all else, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. There's that word again, harmony. But in verse 15 it says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. I love that peace is no longer unattainable or difficult to achieve. Or that it's the type of thing that we have to work for, or be in good stead for, or be able to have enough credit in our heavenly account to receive peace. Peace is simply ours as a gift. That's the thing about a gift is that you begin to work for that gift. It's no longer a gift. You just paid for it. A gift is something you receive. There's no conditions attached to it. If there is, it's not a gift. They're paying for something. But if we work for it, we're paying for something. And that's what peace is supposed to be. The gift and the reality in your life. Not fleeting. Not momentary. I love that in Colossians 3... It says, let the peace of Christ rule. Two things that stick out for me is it says, let the peace in. Some of you need to let peace rule. Can I say that for a moment? We have to let peace rule. What does that mean? It means that we have to let peace that comes from God, that is a gift, rule in our lives, i.e., take the number one position be the thing in a situation or a struggle. So instead of freaking out and assuming the worst immediately, we let peace rule. We let peace be the top of the stack. We let peace be the priority in that situation. Let the peace of Christ rule where? In our hearts. Can I just encourage you? The enemy is gonna do everything he can to put stuff in your mind. But it says, let the peace of Christ rule where? In your heart. Because what goes deep down in your heart ultimately will find its way into your life. Some people live their whole lives hoping for this peaceful existence. Why wait? People say things like, when I retire, I'm going to live peacefully. I'll have a peaceful setting in a few years from now. When I get past this big deal at work, I'll have peace. We can live our lives now knowing that peace is what holds us firm and holds us together and gets us through. Can I get an amen? amen? Psalm 112, as the team comes back up. Psalm 112 is all about the righteous man and his state, the position that he's in. It's talking about God's promises. It's talking about, a lot about expectation in this psalm, about how an expect, a righteous person should expect to live their life. And I don't know about you, but in in our world, because we have Jesus, we are in right standing with God. So this applies to us. Verse 6 of Psalm 112 says, For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. And it goes on, verse 7. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid. Firm heart, trusting in the Lord. Steady heart not afraid. That's the thing that peace does, friends. Causes you to move to a place in your life where you're not constantly fearing bad news. And I've been there in my life. There was a time in my life I didn't want to answer the phone because I knew it would be bad news. I didn't want to pick up the phone. I didn't want to even talk to anyone because I knew it would be bad. Psalm 112. The righteous man, he fears no bad news. Why? Because we have peace living on the inside of us. He's not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm. His heart is steady. And look at it, until he triumphs, until he looks in triumphs on his adversaries. Peace helps us be victorious. Peace helps us remember that we are victorious. And that's what God wants us to do as well. You know, I'm going to go a little bit further with my sailing analogies. Is that okay? There's, a, there's two ways you can anchor a sailboat. You can go the old-fashioned way, which is just to drop the anchor, and hopefully it digs in well. And You know, as long as you've done your calculations right with the amount of line you let out and the weather and the tide and all that sort of stuff, you'll be fine. But if you talk to any sailor who's done a bit of sailing, he'll always prefer to come up to a mooring, a mooring field and tie off to a mooring ball. And if you go downtown, either side of the bridge of lines, you'll see mooring balls everywhere. The city's put them out and you can hire them out and it's great. But you'd much prefer to tie up to that mooring ball because it's this big plastic, well-marked thing that has a line on the end of it. And all you have to do is just grab that, cleat off to it, and that's it. And it sounds easy and it's wonderful, but it's what you're tying off to that actually matters. Isn't that right? Because if if it's not stuck to anything, then you're washing into the fort. I don't know. But below the surface is this huge nylon line that runs down to a massive shackle. And that shackle is permanently attached to a concrete block much bigger than me. Massive, sits on the seabed, on the seafloor, and is not going anywhere. And I don't know about you, but that's the type of mooring ball I want to tie off to. I want to fix myself, my sailboat, And it's a great analogy for life because that's what peace is supposed to be for you and for me. You are attaching yourself to the most steadfast, most amazing, most incredible thing called Jesus and a life-serving God that will hold you firm even when the weather on the top, even when the wind comes in, even when the tide is crazy, even when it gets absolutely insane out there. As long as you are attached to Jesus, you're going to be okay because He's given you peace he wants you to have peace. You might not be able to explain it, but you absolutely cannot deny it. Peace is a gift from God. I don't know about you, but I need that peace every single day. I want to grow in that peace. I want to know it's there. I want to believe for it, for me and for you as well. You received that word this morning. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at Colonial Church? Dot life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.